0: Devon the E-tail Podcast I'm Rob Parks and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils joining me on the show this week as ever we've got Paul Whitesider out Paul Hey, Rob, you okay mate? You had a good week mate? I've had a belting
1: week mate um, I've still, still not come down for Friday night yet
0: but very, very good mate very good I bet you were, I bet you were thinking about it in the gym towards the end of that second half after our little uh, pre-match prediction last week
1: well I saw your message and I thought it was a bit cryptic at first and it dawned on me all of a sudden Yeah, but uh, luckily Wigan uh, help me out scored
0: a few tries and saved me back for another day <laughs> Saved me back for another day <laughs> Yeah, Too right Whatever man as always next time hopefully carry me on the stadium uh, on Friday it's uh, so also join the show this week we've got Parkey Right Parkey
2: Evening, evening gents
0: Another great week following South Red Devils after the big win against Wigan Yeah,
2: it's going a bit boring really, isn't it, this winning lap it, it used to enjoy it when we were rubbish yeah. no, It's fantastic, makes a makes a very, very
1: pleasant change
0: Cool, what have we been on the show this week, Paul?
1: Yeah, we've got the news, we've got a review of the Wigan victory We've got the amateur report And we've also got a preview of this weekend's game on Friday night Against Folk Air in the Challenge Cup
0: Cool, so what we'll do then, we'll start with that win against Wigan on Friday
2: you're
0: listening to Devil in the Detail and this is your Big Match Review. So, Salford Red Devils travelled to Wigan Warriors and came away victorious 31 points to 16. First time in 20 years they've gone and won away at Wigan. Paul, what a fantastic result.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was. It was, Rob. Um, it was a great first half. I thought we came out of the blocks really quick. And we played some we played some good stuff in that first half. I mean, I mean that's it to me there's only one side sort of playing the rugby in this first half. It's itself. Some of the, the ball movement was tremendous and you know, as we'll probably touch on, the press were saying we're gonna have players out. But you know, so did we and I thought we played really well in that first half and to go in sixteen 0 I thought it was a great effort.
0: Yeah, we had a few injuries didn't we, Parker, but the team lined up as nine levels at fullback, Greg Johnson, Chris Welland, Josh Jones, Jake Bibby, Robert Louis, Michael Dobson. Lamattasi, Log, Logan Tonkins, Adam Warne, Ryan Lannon, Ben Murnet, vasala and Oli Kronicki on the bench. Force forwards: Craig Cotjack, Chris Brining, Daniel Murray, and Gaz O'Brien. Parkey. but you know, obviously, we've had a few injuries, but the boys certainly stood up. The boys that came in.
2: Uh, w- without a doubt. I mean, the one thing that, that stands out, and I've said to a few people, is that the players that came in. It wasn't like in the past when you bring in, you know, a player from the outside, you think, oh, he's, you know, he, is he good enough? Whatever. They all just fitted in. And you wouldn't have known that the regular starters, if you like, were missing. It was it, it was quite seamless. I mean, Bibby on the wing, he's not put foot wrong. He's doing exactly what, what Carney can do. In, you know, in that way, obviously, Carney's a lot more explosive, I suppose. But he, it's not like you're missing him and you're worried when the ball's in the air or someone's attacking him. You know, and, and that was the same right across the, the, the squad. And with the players out that we had, I know they had a lot of players out, but you can arguably say that our players would have meant more to us than the ones they had missing because the depth of their squad is probably greater than ours. I just thought what a tremendous effort from every player. everyone who stepped in, who you know, like Niall's done for the last couple of weeks, where well, they've not had a chance and they could easily just let their heads drop and think, well, you know, my time's probably up here. Every one of them stood up and, and Friday night, I mean, that, like Paul said, that first half, we were practically faultless.
0: Yeah, obviously, like Pike, you said, Paul, you know, the young lads coming in, you know, it's a big statement. I think. You know, going to Wigan. Yes, they had injuries, but you know, people looking in from the outside, they don't know that. They're looking at this uh, result. Salford have gone to Wigan and turned them over.
1: Yeah, certainly, Robin. I mean, I've made the list of the guys we had missing: George Griffin, Mark Flanagan, uh, Lee Mossop. There's three big men out of your pack there. You've got Justin Carney, I know Todd Carney's not played much this season, but he's another you know, body. Junior South and Wella Haraki. So. There's a few players there, isn't there, that could have slotted in. But like Parky said, I mean, the lads have not let us down at all. I, I've been particularly impressed with young Daniel Murray. I thought he was superb against witness And I thought he came in and he he did the business again for us on, on Friday night. Jake, Jake Bibby, tremendous again. I thought he didn't put a foot wrong all night. I think the only mistake he did was play that ball when there was nobody at the half. And um, I think we can score from that. But that was the only mistake he made all night. He was dead steady. And um, uh, Brian Lannan as well that first mm-hmm. half he, he looked tired in that first half Ryan. I was a bit worried about him but that second half I don't know what Ian Watson said to him but he, he was all over the place he really had a top game Adam Warren as well I spoke to Adam Warren mm-hmm. after the match and to me I think he's been one of our most improved players this season and I thought he's he's standing up now and is like the, the number one prop I and mean, I know we've got Craig Kopjack there as well but he's, he's putting his hand up every week now to, to be the number one and um, yeah really impressed and very pleased with, and Niall as well we talk about Niall levels. I thought he, two weeks running now he's probably been arguably the man of the match two weeks running I mean there's other players on there as well who play well Chris Weller I couldn't read a while off couldn't I i I'll, I'll, I'll better stop walking on now but yeah I was really delighted with, with everybody on
0: Friday night. I think Adam Park has got to be in you know, with a shout with most improved player of the season so far he has been outstanding and obviously it was the same against Wigan on Friday
2: Yeah I, you know I was just listening to Paul and when he mentioned him he, he, what a fantastic season he's having you know, I think he's he's really stepped up this year, and he's he's grown. I mean, we, what we what we've probably forgotten over the last couple of years, he's played a lot of rugby, and he's not. You know, he's only a young lad, and for a for a forward, you know, you don't peak until you're mid probably late twenties. You know, even into your thirties, some of them. You know, that's why they go on so long. And he's he's really developing. It looks like he's being coached. He's being you know, and he's learning his craft. And the guys around him, obviously, having the, the props around him that we've got now that we maybe didn't have a couple of years ago. to... Give him that, that advice and bring him along. He's been, he has, he has been absolutely tremendous. And like you say, I, I can't think of anybody. Make, you know, there won't be too many players in Super League who've improved to the levels that, that that Adam has from where you know where he's come from. Because um, he struggled at times in the past. I think you know, certainly he's looked a little bit uh, maybe not lightweight, but you know, not as powerful as he should. And his defense might let him down. And he's, obviously, his discipline was a big thing. This season, he, he just looks like a different player.
0: Yeah, like I say, big wraps for him and hopefully more to come uh, as the season progressed. So let's get back to the Wigan game. Salford open the score in Paul with a try from Chris Wellham. Nice work by uh, Evils and Louis to send him over. Great start, just what we needed.
1: Great start and just a special mention to Chris Wellham because it, I don't know I heard a few people sort of humming and harming when we signed him but he's been that really, really, really good signing. I think he's it. He's an out-and-out centre. He remind you know he reminds me of, and he did on Friday night. Scott Naylor, when we had Naylor in sort of the midnight. I'm not, I don't just mean having his socks down, but just the <laughs> way he sort of play, the way the way he runs. He's like he's like he's that sort of shit saying is not he? And he's not a winger. He's not a fullback. He's a centre, and that's his position. And, and he can get the ball out. And he does a lot of other things. He's got a lovely kicking game as well. And I've been really, really impressed with Chris this season.
0: Big fan, Paul.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'll be
2: honest, I was one of them that, that Paul mentioned that when we signed him was a bit sort of underwhelmed, you know, we we went cherry-picking, if you like, Bradford were in the, the state we were in and, you know, he, the, the lad needed a contract and he certainly got. Certainly I mean, you know, he, he's been a Super League player for God knows how long, he only stepped out, you know, to Bradford and look what he did there, it was you know, better than a try-a-game, I think, last season, um, but this year, he's, he, yeah, he really has, I mean, I thought he might be been a backup centre maybe because we needed a bit of cover, He's made that spot his own, and and he has been, he has been absolutely tremendous. I uh, like also that kicking and the little kicks through that he can do for for Johnson and I, he, little things that I never knew he had in his locker. I would seen him at Old in the past. Didn't you know he, he sort of went under the radar a bit, I think. And uh, no, he's really really stepped up and he is impressive. And like I say, that spot is now. And I don't know who we've got in the squad that can even take it off him.
0: Yeah, I think well, Wellham and Johnson on that side. Paul, you know, we, there's certainly a danger out there for teams. Obviously, their teams are going to be looking at that, but we've got powerful like, players all over the field, haven't we? So, you know, they can't mark them all, can they?
1: No, no. And like you're saying there, I think Chris Wellham and, and Greg Johnson really compliment each other. I think they've got a nice little partnership going now. They seem to have this understanding. And, you know, Chris Wellham, a couple of times, has put nice kicks through for, for Greg Johnson. And anyway, I think Greg's improved this season as well. I think, you know, it, Early on, I was questioning him a bit, really, saying, you know, is he, is he good enough for that position? Is it can he finish? But his finishing's come on, leaps and bounds. We'll probably talk about his trying a second half later. And that was a fantastic finish from him. And he's got pace, Greg Johnson, as well. And I think he's really worked on his game, especially in the last sort of couple of months or so in, on this winning run that we've been on. So, uh, so yeah, I they've think they've got a cracking partnership then, too. I think, I think Johnson's changed his game, to be fair, as well. He's...
2: Because he was, you know, he was, he was quick, you know, especially when, you know first couple of years we had him. He was really quick, but seemed that that injury seemed to uh, maybe slowing down a little bit, not massively, but you know. And he's changed his game, and he, he plays. He, sometimes he plays like it? He'll pick the ball back half and he'll drive it, and he will make meters, you know, and, and take players with him. Drop to his knees and play the ball quick. And I, I, again, another player that's, that's improved greatly, but he's changed his game a little bit. And he gets a lot more involved, and uh, yeah, I think uh, I think he's uh, he's set for a pretty good season. I think he'll get a lot more tries.
0: Yeah. So obviously Salford extended the lead. A Try from uh, Nile levels, uh, Paul. You know, coming through the gap like a great fullback does, and goes over in the corner to uh, send Salford's hand wild.
1: Yeah. One thing you've got when you've got Nile levels on your side is he's a very good support player. Niall, he's he's always there. He he seems to be always in the right place at the right time. You've only got to look at the try range. You not you? He got one against Widnes and he got two against against Wigan. But I was also impressed with his defensive work on, on Friday night. He didn't put a foot wrong in defence. He was there mopping up. You know, Wigan have got good players on their side. They you and know, all that power put a few grubber cheeky grubber kicks through. And Niall Levels was there mopping it up. So he played really well again against the Devils.
0: Yeah, obviously the. Uh... Nia levels, Gaz O'Brien, Thing Parker, you know, both excellent full-backs. And it's definitely a headache for Ian Watson moving forward. It, it's a huge
2: headache, I would I would suggest. I mean, coming to this Friday, it's a cup game, I'm not really sure. Going to the Magic weekend, he's got a big decision to make. If both players are fit, who comes in? Because, again, like I said before, the players that have come in, just, it seems seamless. And that play we do, where, you know, O'Brien usually... Comes into the line out wide and either goes through himself or creates the space for, for the wings and centre. Evans did that again for that try on on uh, on Friday night, that first try he got, and that that just shows how, how we are as a squad, I think, and that that Niles stayed switched on in training and has you know has learned watching you know, O'Brien how how Watto wants wants to play. Uh, another player has probably changed his game a little bit. But what, what a fantastic headache to have I mean, I wouldn't want to make that decision Now, a guy that's scoring tries for fun And and you've got Gaz O'Brien, the saviour of the club I mean, what do you do?
0: Yeah, big questions, Parker Big questions Obviously, Naya Levels is the man in form Tries, you know, in the last two games um, Obviously, Michael Dobson kicking goals as well, Paul You know, it's it might be a bit difficult to get back in O'Brien, maybe
1: well, yeah, know, if, you, if you remember back, you know, Nile Levels did really well. I think, you know, the 2015 season, he was um, one of the players of the year, wasn't it? Then we signed Gareth O'Brien. Pre-season, Gareth O'Brien did really well at full-back and made this spot his own. But, you know, now Nile's got that opportunity. He could make it his own. So, that's that then, you've got to give Nile the chance and you can't drop him when he's playing well, can you? So Because that's what happened with Gareth O'Brien. He came in
0: and they didn't drop him because he played well. Yeah. So, it is. It is it's, a, it's a funny one for, for, for Watson, but I bet it's a good him anyway Oh yeah, but you won't be dropping alka as that's for sure. After that, no. <laughs> so obviously Salford uh, on fire at, at that point. Ben Murnab takes a crash ball uh, from Rob Louis and goes over. Paul and you know we're sixteen nil up at that point. It's magic moments.
1: Yeah, it was a magic moment. I was sat right near Jack Dearden who was doing the the commentary for Radio Manchester. It was brilliant. He just sort of stood up and he shouted, "Big Ben strikes again!" And it was it was a great it was a great moment really. Was and uh, I used that in my. Uh, I match video, so sorry, Jack. I pinched it off
0: him. <laughs> <laughs> what do say, Parker? You know, we're going to Wigan. We're sixteen 0 up. That's that's a massive, you know, psychological advantage for me. You know, with games to come against other big sides, if you can go to Wigan in that situation and then dominate and see the game out, that's only a good things to come for me. Yeah, I mean, the one thing we had to do was was score first,
2: uh, give them absolutely nothing. You know, put them on the back foot a little bit, maybe put a bit of doubt in their mind. Uh, um, and. That, you know the first try from from Wellham did that. He sort of broke the ice, and from then it seemed to build. And I think as a fan you can feel that. And you can feel the confidence in the team. And when uh, when uh, Big Benny scored, he that point that sixteen points that 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 made the game for me. I, I just thought, look, there's no way they're going to come back. They, you know, they're not going to catch that kind of lead. And, uh, you know, I, I just thought that, that was a big turning point of the game. And I think for, for Wigan players, they probably thought, you know, this isn't going to get any easier. Um, if it was, if they had scored next, then, he, you know, it was 10-6. It's a completely different game. Uh, going over for that, it just stretched that lead a little bit more. And it, I think then it uh, might have got into a few of the Wigan players' minds. And leading up to half-time, you know, they, they, we, we just seemed to take over.
0: Yeah, and obviously just after half-time, uh, Paul, uh, Evel scores, lovely kick by Dobson, gets him over. Not conceding before half time and scoring after is a perfect, perfect recipe for success.
1: Yeah, well, I remember saying to my dad at half time, you know, I expect Wigan to, to throw some at us in the second half. You're not going to go to, to a ground like that and, um, and get away with it for 80 minutes. They're going to have a purple patch, and I expected that to be straight after half time. And when we got that try, that sort of gave me the confidence as a supporter watching it that we have got this one now, I think, I think, you know, 22 points might be enough now, and it was another great try from Evels, and a, another fantastic kick for Dobson, but I think that's just what we needed, just after half time, that settled our nerves, and, um, obviously, the rest is history.
0: Yeah, so obviously, so far got on the score sheet again, through Greg Johnson, Parker, lovely work, by uh, Dobson, and Rob Lewis sends him over, and you know, it's, it's magic stuff for playing good rugby, aren't they? Yeah,
2: I, and them two, you just mentioned there, Dobbo and Lewis, I mean, what a partnership that is. You know, double the, the general, just controls everything. In, in the way that Gavin Clinch did years back, you know, doing him for a season, that, that role. And you've got Louis there, and he, he's magic at times. You see the teams, they don't know what to do with him. They can't get hold of him. And he create, He sucks players in, he creates space for other players. But he's also got the whereabouts. And to to get the ball out, or to give it to the right person. And double's and, and kicking this year. Uh, he's been sensational. I mean, well done to now getting on the end of it, but he's pinpoint. he knew exactly where he was putting that and he, he went there. Um, you know, from from like the 40-20 Huddersfield, right back at the start of the season, really, you know, he's those kicking games have been sensational. He's given us that platform to get on top of the teams in their half, defending their, their 20 and, and and, you know, bring bring errors out of them or make them just kick it to us halfway down the pitch. He's I think Dobson has been uh, absolutely, uh, probably, probably again slightly underrated at times as well by certain fans. Um, uh, he probably deserves a lot more credit than he's
0: getting. Yeah, I suppose it's the game management part in it, Paul. That you know Dobson gets us around the field, uses the experience, but also he's playing out of his skin as well. He inspires everyone around him, done it to you know go extra gear for him.
1: Yeah, sir, he certainly does, and, and sometimes we we miss the defensive work that Michael Dobson mm-hmm. does as well because he works so hard in defence and I mean I don't, don't like to say how old he is I bet he's about 30 now and he's 31 so he's not hes not the youngest player going and uh, he's not the quickest either but you know what What he's not got in his, his speed of thought he's got in speed of thought because his, his rugby brain is fantastic and the way he sort of controls us and, and manages us is I think, I think he's in the form of his career at the moment I mean I've seen a lot of him over the last 10 10 years or so you know playing over here for Wigan Catalan and the OKR as well and he's been a real talisman for OKR as we spoke about before but I think he's becoming a real talisman for us you know he's uh, this season I think he's been
0: fantastic Yeah so obviously Wigan uh, got back into it uh, with three tries Parky. but you know Salford were in, in control I thought
2: Yeah I think I think maybe we possibly switched off a little bit already got into the players minds that you know we, we've got this one and and Wigan got on a roll, um, and, and the main thing that they were doing, there they they was were speed. They, they, the speed of the play of the ball just, you know, went through the roof, from them. and uh, they were making ten, fifteen meters every time from just picking the ball and running at us. There was no no flair in it to start with, and then building pressure and getting us offside, or you know, not square at the play of the ball. And it must have been something that Sean Wayne had told them at time to do, um, and it took us a while to get to grips with that. And then I think. Probably later on the last 10-15 minutes, we we slowed them down a bit. You know, we, we, we got them back on the heels. Um, but yeah, I mean, like like Paul, so you you don't you're not going to go to Wigan and get away with it for 80 minutes. I was desperate for us to keep us scoreless, but I think it was a bit deluded really. Um, they they are a great sign. They had some you know still some really good players and strike players in there, and they were always going to have a period. And you know that that was it. That they had like a you know a 10-15 minute. So, a little uh, renaissance, if you like.
0: Yeah, but I suppose, Paul, it's, it's encouraging that the the team are able to weather that in it and and obviously end up with a drop goal and a penalty by Gaz O'Brien at the end to, to seal the win.
1: Yeah, well, we we seem to have that sort of steel and that resolve this season. That, that game on Friday night, spells of it, reminded me of the whole game when we played away there. Um, obviously, we got a big lead in the first half, but there was times in that game Especially in the second half where Hull had a bit of a storm and they scored a couple of tries on the spin and you thought, bloody hell are they gonna come back here? But they didn't because we seem to have that resolve now where we can sort of you know, soak that pressure up. And I think we did that and then um, obviously great tactic from Gareth O'Brien, you know, twelve points up with five minutes to go, bangs a drop goal over.
0: Yeah, and I suppose Parky, you know, it's all about you know, you get into habits, don't you, winning and losing and you know, Salford have got into a good habit of winning.
2: Yeah, it's all about. It is about you know learning to win games. funnily enough, for especially for club like us and players that have been with us maybe a little bit you know longer, and they've seen that side. It must be you know must have a negative effect week in week out. And now obviously we've we we've, we've got the opposite. Um, and that game management thing, I know it's, it's quite a new term, I suppose, and it? It, it it just means you know slow, slowing the game down when you need to, speeding it up when you need to, that kind of thing, and having the players to do that. Um, yeah, we this is this is something that I've said for a while. This is a different Salford team. This is different Salford. You know the amount of times we we go. That's typical. Um, you know, like you mentioned, we try before our time, we try after. Usually against us. That's the Salford way. And this is completely different. It feels different. And watching them, and they, they, there is no none of this head dropping or anything like that. When they get behind the sticks, they're not just sort of stood there moping around and you know ignoring. They, they understand they've got to get back into the end, they've got to get back to, to what we do well. And, uh, uh, yeah, it just, it feels different. This group of players and, and, and management just, just feels so much more tighter and it feels like a you know a proper club now.
0: Yeah, obviously, Paul, you got to speak to uh, Lamatazi and Adam Warren after the game and this is what they had to say.
1: Delighted to say, I've been joined by Lama Big, big performance from us tonight. You must be really pleased with that. Yeah, it was a massive win for us. So, you know, especially with all our troops down, but you know the young boys are coming in and they're killing it. So, you know, credit to all the young boys in and you know, it goes to show, like, you know, we've got a good squad and a good bunch of boys, and, and everyone's buying into the culture we're trying to build here. How much confidence does this give you as a player now and a team going forward? Being able to come and, and win it at the home of the champions. You know, what I know they've got injuries, but it's a big win to come here, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a massive confidence boost. You know, it should be a massive confidence boost for all of us. You know, to come to Wigan and do the job, you know, you know, credit to credit to all the boys. How are you feeling today? It was a rough old game, that, wasn't it? I mean, I've seen a few players walking out with uh, sore legs and boots on and things like that. Are you good to go for next week against care? Yeah, I'm good to go. I man. Uh, you know, looking forward to next week and having to get the job done again. Yeah, well, hopefully no uh, no drop goals next week against Luka. <laughs> so, uh, we just want to get it done, don't we, <laughs> yeah, next yeah. week? But thanks for talking to us again, Lama, and uh, good luck next week, no mate. No worries, appreciate it. Thanks, mate. Thanks. Right, well, Adam well, kindly agreed to join me. I thought you had a stormer tonight, Adam. Great performance and you're getting better every week. Nice one. Is it, is it getting married that's, uh, that's turning you <laughs> into a better player then? Oh, I don't know, just probably maturing a bit and, uh, yeah, just going pretty well at the minute and picking up these wins, so it's all good. How good was it out there tonight, though, against Wigan? Or, I know they had a few injuries and that, but we got, yeah. we got a bit of low on numbers as well, well aren't yeah, not we? Yeah, we, we had a few out, they had a few out, but I think, you know... I've been here a long time now, and that's a great, a great win to come here and how beat them. Have, how long have you been at Salford now? You, oh, do, you do seem like yeah. you've been here for, for years. Bit, yeah, I came in the academy when I was 15, the scholarship. Right. Well, you know, so, 26, 26 now, is it? 26, yeah. 26 so, now. If you test it's tested yeah. now probably, <laughs> then, right, Adam? Yeah, six years in first team, yeah. So. And I've just noticed you've got one of them boot things, on, the moon boot yeah, things, and how's yeah. your leggy? Are you going to be fit for next week, or are you not too sure yet? Yeah, just uh, I'll, I'll assess it on uh, tomorrow and then Monday, and then hopefully it'll be sweet for the, for the game, yeah. Well, congratulations again. Another nice storming thing. performance tonight, mate, and good luck next weekend. Cheers, yeah Nice one.
0: So, yeah, both players there. Paul, happy with the uh, result? Yeah, and uh, Adam, well, like I said to about
1: his... Getting married there as it, as it sort of um, made him mature a bit, and I didn't know actually know how long he'd been at the club. He's been at the club since he was fifteen. He's twenty six now, so he's, he's done like 10, 10, 11 years at the club. And I thought that speaks. I thought you have been here a long time. I don't know. It does seem a long time, and um, I, I'm really pleased for him. I think he's worked really hard on his game. And like we were saying before, he's cut the, the silly penalties out, and uh, he's progressing now to be one of the you know the first players on the team sheet in the pack. So we're uh, so really pleased for him. Lamontize as well. You know what you're getting with him. I think he's. Improved uh, out of sight since he's come back to Salton, so I'm very pleased for both players.
0: Yeah, Parkino, you know, He coming back from St Helens, we, we were wondering what we'd get, uh, but so far this season, you know, he's been outstanding, hasn't
2: he? He's totally rejuvenated, man. Uh, from from the, f- the first season we signed him, uh, th- that form he had then, I said to, to well, anyone who would listen really, that <laughs> he probably wouldn't be with us for very long because I just thought, again, at that time, what you would call a so called bigger club would come in and, and and get him because that's the farm he had uh, he didn't work from at saints and you know the, the, there's probably another complete show about maybe why that happened and what what was going on at the time but he's come back and I think he's found this is his home I think and he he feels comfortable here with it and, you know and his relationship with the uh, with junior and and uh, and big Benny and weller you know I think it's he's a nice tight group and I think he's giving that that purpose again. I think when he went to Saints, maybe it was just the case that he would become a very small fish in a, you know in a big pond for a while. Uh, and Saints might have looked at him in that way, uh, but he's come back in. He's a he's a real enforcer, a real leader, and uh, I, I'll t- I I wouldn't fancy him running at me. I'll tell you that because I've seen some big men go sk- uh, skittling this year with him.
0: Yeah, the fans love him as well, don't they, Paul? You know we like the big hits and. You know that's what that's what you need in your forward pack. You need people who are graft for you, but also people who put a shot into you know to lift everybody.
1: Yeah, definitely. And he puts himself about that. Matazi, you know, again on uh, on Friday night he lets himself know, and him and Adam Warren, I thought in that first half we were putting themselves about real real big hits, and that's what we've got now. We've got those big blokes in our side. You know, for years you know teams would dominate us. You'd look at their packs, think blimey, you know, we were up against today. But now teams must fear us. You know, we've got guys in there, big blokes all over. Got, you've got the guys missing at the moment, Haraki and Mossop, Griffin. You know, the big guys aren't they, Masilla and Tazi as well. So it seems we'll sort of fear our pack now. And I think that's, that's getting us on the front foot in a lot of games, you know, getting on top of our opposition.
0: Yeah, you spoke to Ian Watson in Coach's Corner after the game, and this is what he had to say.
3: Coach's Corner. First win at Salford Since 97 Ian Were you in the side I think you were in the side yeah, That day weren't you <laughs> yeah, yeah someone's just, uh, Reminded me of that one as well I was hoping to score it as well But I didn't um, It's just look, it's just good to get a win Over Wigan At any point of um, The season Or however It's been a long time But it's hopefully We can continue on This kind of vein of form And get some more wins Over Wigan in the short term That first half We, we had a lot of ball Didn't we? We, we Everyone was full of running You must see that confidence Is really flowing Through the side at the moment Yeah no we, we was good in what we was doing And we was We um, in what we did as well. We spoke before the game about kind of how Australia had played the game today against New Zealand, and every time they got an opportunity, they took it and they was in control with what they were doing. And when they scored, they just rebooted again. And, went and that's the kind of stuff we were asking of our guys today. And to be fair, we did it really well in that first half.
1: I mean, we're Wigan threw a bit back at us there. We got 28 nil up, but there was always going to come back and have a bit of possession, and they didn't. But we weathered that storm, didn't we? And we yeah. took our
3: chances on the game. Yeah, no, you always know the FB, at some point, they're going to have a purple patch, and they going to come out. It was always going to be the way that we defended. That as well. Whether we started to panic and let them concede and start getting in a bit of an arm wrestle with it. But to be fair, we, we did we did the job that we needed to do, and it's all credit to the boys. I mean, we're
1: gonna we're gonna have a few injuries today, but we yeah. also I mean we
3: we were reaming off the names that we've got missing as well. And, you know the young lads again, Murray Lannon. They were, they were great again for us, yeah. oh, no, they It's brilliant for us as a squad. Um, with Wiggins' injury, I'd, we'd love to be able to put a team out live. We had fourteen injured. I mean, we probably have eight at the moment, and we're right down to the bare bones. So I, I'd hate to think what we'd have if we had fourteen. But but Wiggins a great club and mentality. And some of the young kids that they've played out there have stepped up for them, and um, that's all credit to um, Sean's kind of you know, coaching and his um, the the youth development here as well. That they they've got them players who can step up and compete. There's been a bit of negativity about our club this year, yeah. and I think. Um, I think you lads have,
1: have done us proud there tonight. And that means a lot, don't it, going into next Friday in the Challenge Cup? You must be a game you're, you're looking forward to. Yeah,
3: that's the thing. It's easy to be negative when, when you're hearing things and rumours and all second at the table, are we? are second at the table. it's get behind the team at the moment, support the team, and focus on the positives of what you've got because it's been a long time since we've been sat at that top end of the table. So we want to harness this while we've got it. and. Um, in- increase the crowds on the back of it as well. That's the big one. I think um, is, the- is the big message amongst it all. So we-, we need to get the crowds in there, support the team, and be positive with, with what we're doing as well. Because by the supporters who came today, there the noise was great, and we were outnumbered by the Wigan fans for dead set, but they're-, they're out there and they're singing, and you give the lads a real lift, especially at times when it's like I say when they start to get a bit of impetus and get a purple patch Once the crowd starts singing and getting behind the boys, that's when the boys need the, the fans um, singing. You got your own song now as well. Did you hear them singing that tonight? Oh no, the, didn't, the-, the guy,
1: the old. The song when the singer sitting, oh, well, it's Ian, <laughs> Ian Watson. Now we've got oh, no, Ian Watson. No, no, you so. can
3: leave the songs for the boys.
1: <laughs> but, like I say, all those guys on the podcast are really proud of the work you're doing at Salford and best of luck in the Challenge Cup against OKR next Friday. Cheers, Thanks Mike. for speaking to no us. Cheers, nice, Cheers Paul.
0: So, Ian Watson there, Paul. You know, you're rounding about the last time we beat Wigan um, away and he was happy, weren't you? Yeah, he was. Yeah, certainly was. It, it, it doesn't seem that long
1: ago, does it? But 20 years, I suppose. It, I suppose he is, isn't it? But, uh, yeah, reminded him about his song as well, but he pretended he didn't hear it, but he must have known, because he, <laughs> he was sat right near me and I could hear him singing his song. So, uh, so yeah, but, yeah, but top blow, top win.
0: Yeah, like I say, Ian Watson, Parker, you know, building a team, you know, that's going to compete if we keep developing and the investment's there, who knows how far we can go.
2: Well, what what a job he's done. I mean, if he's not, uh, you know, in line it's certainly at the moment to be, to be coach in the year, obviously, you don't know what's going to happen for the rest of the season. But for what he's done already. And it's not just, it's not just how he's got things going. He's took, taken a, a team and, and possibly a club that is a little bit disarray, a bit of a mess, really, at times. And he, he, he's pulled it all together, him and his coaching staff. You know, you've got to give uh, Gleese and, and uh, William Poaching and people like that a bit of credit as well. But he's, what, what I love about him, he's never fussed about anything. And it's all about us, it's not about him, it's not about any individual player or anything like that. He's about the team, and he's he's the top of that. And for a you know for a young coach really, or certainly like inexperienced in that way, uh, what what a job he's done. I mean, I've, I've known Walter for years, and I, you know he's always been a bit studious about rugby. He's known his stuff, you know, and he studied it. But you can see now, how maybe last year under under Sheen's might have helped him a little bit, you know, give him a few more ideas, a bit more confidence. But uh, what what a job, what a job! I, I can't think of too many better coaches I've seen at Salford.
0: Yeah, obviously, looking at the stats, uh, Paul, uh, tackles are amazing. Ryan, Lattin, Ryan Lannan with 40, Ollie Krinicke with 36, uh, Chris Brining with 28. You know what I mean? The, the boys put a massive effort in, didn't they, on Friday night?
1: Yeah, certainly. And there, there's a lad there I'm going to mention, Ozie Krasny because I don't think we mention him enough sometimes. He sort of flies under the radar a bit. And, you know, he stepped in there and did a job, you know, with Mark Flanagan missing. It's a big hole to fill, that the loose forward role. And, um I thought Krasniki played really, really well on Friday night. He, he puts himself about, he tackles well. He's got a good pair of feet as well and takes the ball in well and I thought he did really well on, on Friday.
0: Yeah, Cop Jack with 26, Ben at masala with 26, uh, Lamatazzi with 32, Parky. but the King the king of Wigan, uh, that's what uh, Ian Watson referred to uh, Ryan Lannan as. Uh, what, what an effort that is, 40, 40 tackles in a game.
3: Listen,
2: this, this lad is unquestionable ta- talent. He is... He has got the potential to go a very, very long way in this sport. Uh, if everything's right, with with he's the only he's the only person that can stop him being an international. I believe from what I've seen of him, from you know coming through the, the academy and just the the glimpses we've had of him, uh, and now he looks like I, I don't know. There's something about him, the way he, he play, the way he moves on the pitch, the way he puts himself about. That just, just looks like a veteran forward. Like he knows what to do, and he has got this confidence, and he, maybe a little bit of arrogance about him, which a lot you know, real, real big, big players have. And uh, the effort he put in on, I know it's his hometown club and that kind of thing, but it, it was tremendous. He certainly stood out, and, and and like Paul said, Krasniki, I mean, stepping in at loose, I think he's played every position in the pack this year, and and not you know not let us down once and. Having, having lads like that in the background I mean Ryan really for me should be in the team every week I think he's that good um, and, and obviously something that's held him back or injuries or whatever it is he hasn't played You know, but I think going forward over you know, the next few years if we can keep hold of him you know he's he's going to be in the first team week in week out probably one of the first names on it
0: Yeah it's all about building it the Dave Paul and you know I think the likes of Ryan Lannan Krenicki Adam Warren you know they're going to be part of this team for years to come, and you know who knows where we'll go. I'm really, really excited about it.
1: It is exciting. It's a young side. Isn't it? The other guys you mentioned, Daniel Murray, they coming, in he's only 21 years of age. Daniel, and he's shown up really well when he's been given his opportunity. Now I spoke to him a few times, and he's he's got near the squad, and, and just about got in the squad and been 18th man, and he's been disappointed, but he's he's waited and waited for his opportunity, and then when it's come, he's, he's not soaked. He's, he's took that opportunity, he went on Bradford and on loan, didn't he? And, Got a bit of experience, but he's come back and took his chance in the first team, and he's another guy now. I mean, he'll be there and thereabouts. I would have thought, in the side again this weekend, still. Care. And and Ryan Lannan, as, as Parky's has just been saying, there, I've been impressed with like, with with Ryan in the side. I think he has. He's got that. He's got that bit of quality about him. And like Paul says, I, I think he'll be be an international. And we've just got a whole it's, it's when he's, we've been playing for Salford, so uh, so yeah, there's loads of things to be excited about. Chris Bryan in as well. How good's he? I mean, he's come up oh. from two two leagues below. And he looked quality every time you watch him he looks quality and, and Logan as well we've got two really good hookers there as well and the, the young lads Matty Wilkinson and uh, Josh Wood you know there's a lot of young kids there who, who, are, who are there to take your place if you're not performing so it's really exciting at the moment being a software supporter
0: yeah looking at the top makers Parker the likes of Chris Wellen with 165 Josh Jones with 105 Lamatazzi with 106 Dobson with 105 Lannon with 118 Adam Warren with 115 Big numbers there going forward, making massive inroads into that Wigan pack.
2: Yeah, and it, and all that comes from getting on the front foot, from from smart play, and you know, and the big men have to do the job. I mean, we we hardly mention Coppia at all at the moment. I know he's had you know a few injuries and so on. Uh, you know what what a player he's, he, he is for us, um, and he's hardly getting a mention here. And this is you know this this is how good it is. Um, again, great news and one guy for me again we could mention them all, couldn't we really? I mean. Chris Browning is fantastic, what, what a kid he is. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he is another one with a massive future. But um, it, Josh Jones, every week, he's an absolute, he must be murdered to try and tackle. So when he gets the ball, you just see people bouncing off him. And, he, you know, and like you say, he's a load of meters there. And dare said he, he did a load of tackles as well. And, he, you know, he, he puts his hand up every week. And some, some of the efforts he puts in are absolutely unbelievable. But like you say, he must be a nightmare to to tackle. And when he gets, you know, and that's that's how you make these meters because he's bouncing off, and then he's creating a bit of space, sucking players in, same as Rob Louis does, you know. And I, I, that gets us on the front foot. But he's all had to make all these, you know, these big meters because they're on the back foot, they're running away from you. Yeah. Uh, not normally with so you know, the team are on top of us by the time we played the ball.
0: <laughs> yeah, like you say, Josh Jones' average game nearly nine meters a carry. One with nearly nine meters a carry. Lamatazi with nine meters a carry. That's like thirty meters in in a set, uh, Paul. It's, it's it's big, big, you know, golf all reach. Well, good teams up. Yeah,
1: definitely. And that that wins your games doesn't it ultimately. That's going to build you that platform, and that's when the likes of Robert Lewis, Garfield, Brian, Michael Dobson are going to do the business. So, uh, so as long as the pack keeps getting on top, I think we're going to keep winning games.
0: Yeah. Big thanks to everyone who gave us the three word match reports and of the matches. Uh, Chris Janet, Chris and Janet Shenton... Uh, said Wellham, absolutely, really fantastic. Gary Broadbent, ex-Salford uh, fullback. Remember the day, we well, beating, beating Wigan at Central Park. Wow, 20 years ago. Uh, Gary Williams, pinch me now. His man of the match was Dobbo. Martin, superb result. His man of the match was Evels and Louis. Jake Channett, up the Reds. Um, his man of the match was Double uh, Gareth Lyons, we stuffed him. Nat, job well done and uh, their man-of-the-match was Oli Kronicki. Like we've said about Oli Kronicki, Parker, you know, he's a, a graph. Three he works hard. Uh, but Dobbo also getting a few man-of-the-matches there in our three-word match reports. Yeah, it's funny, actually. I was
2: looking at it the other day, uh, on on Saturday when it was on there uh, on Twitter, I, I was trying to think. I, I, I didn't send anything in. I, didn't, I couldn't even... I couldn't pick a man-of-the-match, and that's how good it is. Because, like you say, there was Dobbo Krasnicka, Lannard, Wong, Evans. you know... Well, um, he, there wasn't a player there that, put, that you know that let you down in any way. And you'd go, "Oh, well, maybe he's going to struggle again next week or anything like that." It, it was so difficult, and I couldn't come up with one, and I still can't now. To be fair, I think possibly, you know, I I, I think because of the work that Lannon did, both in attack and defence, you know, tying them together and just stepping into the team, and Krasnika, I think he'd have to be between them, but. The main protagonist, if you like, is Dobbo, isn't it? I mean, he's the one that controls everything, and uh, he could be man of the match every week for us, really. But um, you know, you've got to give the other lads a look in. But uh, yeah, without without Dobbo controlling the game, the, the other guys probably wouldn't have, you know, have the chance to shine.
0: Yeah, uh, Richard Martin, very very good. His man of the match was Evels. Gary Carter, squeaky bum time, uh, Maurice Scholes, never in doubt. I don't think it's a bit far that Paul never in doubt but you know it shows how far we've come as a, as a club and a team we can go we're going to win
1: Yeah certainly does yeah I think that, that's the that's the model that Ian Watson's created he's got that, that belief now and I mean I know how disappointed he was when we lost at Leeds um, we should have got some out of that game and he was absolutely gutted that night and really I came away from that that game thinking you know how happy I was to see how gutted he was because I know how much it means to him and that's it now he's got that belief in that group of players and you know we can go anywhere this season you know, St. Ellis is another one we've got to go to now we've not won there for 37 years so let's yeah. go there and win there this time as well so we've got the belief now and I think we can go anywhere and get a result
0: Yeah obviously you said you didn't pick your man of the match Parky, but you've got one now yeah?
2: Yeah like I said I, I'd i probably stick my neck out and go with
3: Manor
2: Um kind of a you know a real work workhorse kind of performance Um
0: Double would have pushed him very, very close, but yeah, I'd probably stick in that. Can't go
1: with Lannan. How are you, Paul? Who was your man of the match from Friday. Oh, I thought you was going to skirt round it then. <laughs> <laughs> I always mark one off in my league express, but I was looking at the list of players every day and I marked one, and I marked another one, and I marked another one, so I've got about five lines out. I-, I picked well, have one, Lannan and Krasniki, but I don't know. I'm, I'm going to backtrack it and just say so yeah, I'm not so sure really this week I give it the whole team because you can't like said, you can't really single out one person everyone did the job didn't they they were on the pitch to do um, whether it was the forwards doing their bit or the backs doing their bit or the half backs creating no I think, they, I think they all did well this week so I can't really single anybody out I'm sorry
0: I'm well, fans that's fair enough Paul we'll let you sit on the fence this week but it was a fantastic <laughs> win uh, beating Wigan away and now what we'll do we'll uh, talk about all the big news coming out from the club this week All the big news coming out of Salford Devils this week We're going to start with the uh, the fans survey Paul You know the club have brought out this survey for us fans to fill in And uh, help them structure the, uh, the club's future
1: mm, Yeah I filled mine in last night, it took me about an hour yeah. <laughs> to, to, get, to get it off, I just basically got it off my chest really How, how I felt and, You know, trying to tell the club what Salford RLFC means to me And it, you know a bit emotional in my front room last night doing it, but I just hope that everybody buys into it and, and does it, and, and lets the people and the know and the people in charge at Stalford you know, lets them know how we feel about it just before they, they make any rash decision.
0: Yeah, I think it's a good idea. Parker the club have brought this out. You know, the questions seemed okay. You know, they are they, asking you, you know, what you thought about it, and where the vision should be, and you know, hopefully, us fans will, will be able to put our thoughts forward, uh, and hopefully, the club will take that board and we'll uh, we'll move on together.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, there's two points there. The survey itself was, like you said, I went, before I opened it up, I thought it's going to be loaded in favour of, of the club or, or, you know, somebody's situation. And it was, and it was fair, you know, and he it, it, it basically asked, and you give your, your honest answer, like Paul said, i poured my heart out a bit to it, and you, you do, you start thinking, when he asks, you know, what does it mean to you? It, it, it's there, it just is what it is. It's not, you know what I mean, it's not something I've ever had to think about. Like family, it's just there. That's what it is. It's my life, and and trying to sort of get that over to him in a way. And like Paul said again, it took me ages to do, but well worth it. I hope everybody does get involved. But the second thing is though, that I, I want, I, I'd like to know how and who is going to take this apart and read it and study it and you know and analyze it. Is it just going to be the club themselves doing it internally and the results? Well, who knows. Is it independent? You know, how much what inter- At the end of the survey, what are they going to do? Are they going to come back and say, "Right, well, we'll have, you know, we'll have a meeting, or we'll do this about it." Or what? I don't, I don't know where the, the, the end of it is. If you like, it's fantastic asking us, you know, what we think. But what, I want to know what at the end. What what is the the, the, the full goal? What is the aim? Who wants what from from you know from our our opinions and, our, and from this questionnaire?
0: Yeah, I think what it is, Paul. I think it's the reach. I think that's important part of part to me. At the moment, we're on social media, Facebook and Twitter. Uh, we're connecting with fans that way. Uh, but for me, the club really do need to be out there in real life and, and in fans forums. You know, approaching p- people who who aren't perhaps connected to social media for their opinions. And well. I think it's a massive thing the club need to do.
1: Yeah, certainly. And I think the, the social media side of things and, and Twitter and, and what have you and the, the club sort of Facebook pages and things like that, I think it's spot on, isn't it? But like you say, not everybody is on social media, are they? And not everybody sort of goes down that road, so uh, yeah, you've got to get out there and, and, and communicate to those mm. people because I think, I think people are there, aren't they? You've just, just got to just gotta tell them and, and get people back on track because, you know, let's, let's not be too negative. We, we're third in the table and we don't want... I don't want this to derail our season, and, and you know sometimes you worry that perhaps something like this is. We were just talking off air before, won't we? We'll probably mention it soon about, you know, this time of the year, something always seems to happen, doesn't it? Or it has under the Qcash cashier anyway. And uh, you no, know, it's, it's a worrying thing, but I just hope it all gets sorted out because I'm not going to lie to you guys. I mean, I've been I've been pretty worried for the last last week or two now, and it's it's um, been a big load on my mind. And I was very emotional when I filled out my survey uh, last night, anyway.
0: Yeah, I think, Parky, it's all about reaching out to to people who aren't in our sulfur Red Devils bubble, uh, and I'm really think the club should be emailing, you know, people on their on our fan base um, email for this survey to get their opinion. Social media, yeah, you're going to get interaction, but for me, you've got to get out there to the people who aren't necessarily involved in our little bubble. Well,
2: without a doubt, and it's been a problem for years, not just under the under Cash and. It's something that Salford have never done. I mean, I, I, I say all the time, you go to higher or lower Broughton you know, or walk around Orbson or, or even Salford Priestley, whatever, and ask them about Salford Rugby League. When are they playing? They'll know about the club, but they won't have a clue about when they were playing or who they're playing. Now, that, it's fine asking fans to do stuff, but the club have always, they haven't engaged with the people at Salford. And to, to, to complain about, oh, you know, fans don't come, well, if they don't know you're there... They're not going to come, you know. The, the, the advertising has been appalling for years. Sticking a banner up somewhere in Eccles is, yeah, that, that great. Or sticking them in the off pub, fantastic. But we've got to be out. We've got to be engaging with the public. The club have got to be proactive in that way. And you know, like you say, this survey, great. We'll all fill it in because we know about it. But if you if you're a fan of Salt Rugby League, you're already on Facebook and Twitter following the club we need to get out and engage with the people who don't know or aren't involved I mean I, I could be perfectly honest and on uh, uh, any any given weekend I could I was probably one of only about three people in my whole street you know of, of 40, 50 houses that would have a clue there was a game on and I'm in M6 you know I mean this this isn't good enough in, in that way and it's, it's okay criticising fans for not turning up but it's not that they won't it's because they don't know
0: Yeah I suppose the, the fans the people of will get influenced by you know things that happen in the club uh, Paul and the media and how they spin it made a little uh, made a little bit little game call it a, we'll call it bad bingo the, the stuff that have happened in the last couple of years you know that might affect you know people's view on our club so we've got basically three CEOs come and go we've got four coaches come and go plus two assistants you've got a star player who signs gets injured gets banned falls out of the club and then leaves um break the salary cap there's a bit there's some fan violence which is which isn't great. Um, then there's indecision about whether Marwan will stay or go. Uh, then there's right. car, par- <laughs> car parking issues. And then there's. Oh. Can't play at the st- house, yeah. <laughs> then there's like playing at the stadium, all this keying, you know, where we can play and when we can play because of sale. Um, and then there's also, you know, little things, little big things like that, Paul, outside our little bubble. They pick this picture up of Soul for Red Devils, and it's not good, is it? It's not good that they're, you know, conditioned for that. And it's a massive challenge, I think, for the club to turn that round. Yeah, it has been. It's been a massive challenge watching Salford. I think over the last couple of years, it's been stressful. I know that. Um,
1: but you know, those guys will, will stick with it, won't we? Because it's your life, is it? And we'll carry on. But I mean, the average sort of layperson on the street sees that, and I, I don't think they're they're willing to sort of put that commitment forward. Either, if you know what I mean? So, yeah, I think a lot a lot of that negative stuff hasn't hasn't helped uh, one bit, really.
0: But to flip it over, there has been good stuff as well. You've got when Marwan Kukash took over, he, he, he basically covered the world, basically telling us all about Sulphur Red Devils and, and his plans. We had the Red Devolution Parker. Uh, we had the Sulphur Devils rebrand, uh, we had the Million Pound Game and all the, the drama of that. And we had fans' forums, we had locations where this club went out to different parts of the city and, and met with fans. That's, that's the good things that came out. Uh, and got, got out of our little South Red Devils bubble in the community and it was good to see and hopefully you know the club will be able to build on that and do more and hopefully change a few opinions out there uh,
2: yeah I mean the, going back to the Red Devolution I mean it was massive really it was big news uh, you know it was and the, the, I mean you have the Rugby League writers you know the press saying that they've never seen a press conference like it in Rugby League though way it was all done it was all professional it was you know everything was orchestrated and people in, People in the pubs and the clubs and you know in that just just at work were talking about Salford it, it was good. It was like it was a vibe there, a buzz. Uh, and then you know within such a short space of time, it falls apart. Something doesn't happen. And what happens on the pitch? You know you can't blame the club, I suppose, for you know unless you get the right appointment as a coach and that kind of thing, which is a completely you know another uh, another show. I would have thought. Um, but, yeah, I, I, that that positivity was there. And, then, and we, if we could have continued with that, I think by now we wouldn't even be having these conversations. there'd be no need for a survey. You know, all the people Salford are asking for is a bit of success. You know, I'm I'm 40 years old and I've seen us win nothing of any note. You know, they, these are generations who've got other things to do. Let's not forget Salford in the wider, you know, area. it's a, it's a lot of things to do. You don't have to go and watch rugby. And we got people. We hooked them
0: at that point, and we let them go again. Yeah, obviously, I think it's about communication for me. You've got to make sure you're engaging with the people out there, potential fans, through unit through the email system. Obviously, tickets and merchandise are involved with Ticketmaster and and Raging Bull. Putting that extra bit of you know adding on to what the club are doing and having Raging Bull and Ticketmaster organise our ticket situation, it adds a bit of more confusion, I think, for the for the new fan parl and. You know, I think it's something that the club really need, you do need to think about, bringing that back into the club, so fans can just pick up the phone and say, can I have a ticket please? And it's job done.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, so that, that's a good idea. I was thinking about that. I don't know whether this would be possible, because I'm no marketing guru, I've, I've said that before, but I was thinking perhaps if they could set up, you know, Solver's a big area, there's all sort of different parts of Sulphur, perhaps they could have like one sort of shop or pub or loft licence or whatever in each little part of Solver where you could purchase tickets from, Perhaps you know, give them like a few tickets, every couple of hundred tickets each every every week, and you know, make it a bit easier like. Because over than that, you've either got a good out to the stadium, which is not that easy for for some people to get to, uh, or you've got to go on the phone, and it is hard on the phone. I've phoned up for me season seats and stuff like that before, and it is quite difficult. So whether they could look at something like, that, I don't know. Whether that, whether that'd be feasible or not, but that was just an idea I had.
0: Yeah, I suppose that you know the club have got to you know take all these these uh, sort of hands on board on the questionnaire, aren't they? And it's all about. Evolving the club, Parky, and you know we're being positive. We're fans. We want success as well, don't we? And really hoping that the club buy into it. Look at the answers that are given and and move forward with it.
2: Yeah, like I say, it's how it's, how it's analysed and, and picked apart from there. I'm sure 90 percent of us will will respond to the survey in, in probably the same manner. Um, you know, be very few that would and have a and you know probably a neutral attitude, on it. it'll all be in favour of, of what we want um, but yeah I think even this this survey is is negative I, I like you know we want them to engage absolutely you know we want to be able to get our points across and, and whatever else again it's just created this well why is the need for this you know but then if if, if it's a fresh start the same right what do the fans want where do, where are we going with this club what is going to happen in the future and they take that on board, and, and you know, when we move with with the suggestions and the you know various groups that are being set up and so on, then fantastic. But the club have got to listen to the fans, and if there's already an agenda in place, then we've got real problems.
0: We don't know. We don't know that, Paul. Oh, we know there's a there's a, there's a survey out there looking for our opinion. And for me, being Salford Red Devils is is a really really important thing. Being being Salford is kind of the it's kind of looking at being the underdog, looking at Manchester, they get the blitz, they get the glamour. People of Salford need a team to, to look up to and, and inspire them. And I and I feel, Paul, that you know, this team, if it keeps performing like this, you know, that it'll help people in the city to you know, to feel better about the way their lives are and, and you know, it's all about enjoying it and, and making it all good and that's part of that, I think the the uh, the part of a rugby club in a in a city.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, look at this season, Rob. I mean, how many, I'm not quite as old as Parky, I'm, I'm 34, So, I, but I've never seen uh, us win anything of any note, really. And, you know, I've seen the odd good season, I've seen the odd runs, the old traffic, you know, win the premiership, I saw him win the champion, the second division a couple of times. But this season, you know, I, I mean, I, I've never seen my dad buzz as much watching Salford as he has this season. He's, he's, he's in his 49th season watching him now. And he... You know, seeing the delight on his face, we're in at grounds like Hull and Wigan, it's been fantastic, you know, we're third in the table, and it's great, and we've got a team well, around be But we but just going to, like, um, what we're saying about the, the marketing and, and things like that, yeah, there's a lot of good people at the there's a lot of people who are doing Facebook pages, you know, pro, you know, promoting the, the club, with things like that, and the, the lad we had on last week, Dave, um, doing the poster campaigns and things like that, I think the club have got to get on board as well, I mean, they can't. They can't hold us to ransom and tell us we've got to do all this. I think they've got to start putting the money where their mouth is as well and, and helping us out and, and promoting the, the club as much as we're doing.
0: Yeah, Dave Campbell and and his uh, Super Salford uh, marketing uh, group are doing outstanding stuff, aren't they, Parker? They've been showering the city with, with all kinds of posters and you know that that's great stuff. And us fans, we do we, we do our bit. It's all about being consistent and getting it out there. Uh, and you have to be applauded for that. I think. Yeah, very much. I
2: mean. It, it has happened in the past, and and what what tends to happen is is the club take the foot off the gas a little bit and leave it with the fans, and we've got to work together with it. You know, it can't just be that these these individuals are going around putting these posts up are, are, are absolutely fantastic people and great citizens. You know, but it can't all be on them. The club have got to do their bit. They can't just go. It's okay, the fans are going to do that for us. You know, we'll we'll give them a few posts and they can go and do that. Let's be proactive, let's, let's get in everybody's face with it. If the fans are doing their part, the club are doing their part, then if it doesn't work then, then, you know, yeah, fine, ask questions. But we, we've seen it before and the club have gone, well, you know, it looks like the fans are going to do this for us now. Well, they can't do that anymore.
0: No, I agree with that. It's, a, it's about working together, I think, Paul. Um, obviously, the fans have been out there, you know, putting posters up in all kinds of places. A special mention to Graham Jones Who basically Walked into like A social club somewhere Grabbed the microphone And then started Having a chat on the On the stage For like 10 minutes To, to a full Sort of packed pub About Solfrid Devils It's things like that You know what I mean Engaging with people Out there who might Not necessarily be fans You know And I think it's, I think it's A great thing He's been out there And he's, he's telling The people of Solfrid What we're all about I, I mean that That's
2: another good point I mean this is something That I don't know If the club could do it But getting in contact With these these private clubs, you know, golf clubs and, uh, you know, whatever else, social clubs, and say, you, you know, next time you have a, a mail-out to your, you know, your, your members or whatever, is there any chance you can just put something in for us or whatever? Or we'll help you do this. You know, we'll get people together. We'll stuff envelopes or whatever. And get, you know, just send little things out saying, you know, have you thought about this? You know, these people are obviously, you know, they're out there. A lot of them would be interested,
0: but just, you know, to work alongside clubs, and, and obviously amateur rugby league clubs is, a, is, is an easy start, but maybe that's something they could look at. Yeah, I suppose it's all about getting out there, Paul. Um, the club have brought out, a, a, a well, Tri-Line Productions have brought out a new video um, promoting Salford, and it's, it's good, great, I think, that, you know, they're able to do that. Uh, they're singing, I see the is rising, nice video, and it's, it's it's a very good video, and I think it's going to be hopefully be used well, to, to you know, promote us to new fans
1: yeah that, that's a good positive thing I've seen that video today yeah it's good it's got the fans singing as well you know the, the real self of fans singing I presume it's been recorded again this season but just just to nip back to what Paul was saying there that a fantastic idea that you know about local clubs and golf clubs and things like that how about just getting fixture lists up there in, in the local golf clubs and you know, community centres and all that, get, get fixture lists on the wall everywhere and posters. We used to have them at the Willows and we were on a huge string budget at the Willows, and we used to get all sorts of posters out, didn't we, you know, junior Reds and things like that, so yeah. now that's back up again. I can't see fixture posters for love, them I'm honest, we haven't got a shopper out to put them in, have we? but that's something we desperately need, you know, if you're going to get kids involved, I mean, you go back to the, the Willows days, the, the shop we had there, you could buy all sorts in there. I had a pencil case of Pencil, pens, and all sorts of stuff. That's the thing that gets the kids involved and gets them hooked. And I think we're missing a trick with that at the moment. We really are.
0: Yeah. For me, for me, it's just about reaching out for, for the people who aren't necessarily sort of in our little sort of Red Devils bubble. The only way this is going to work is if the club manages to get to get out in in the in the sort of community um, with radio adverts and TV adverts or whatever um, to, to to get out to 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 show people what we're all about. Great, great stuff. Without you know putting out posters and stuff like that, it, we, us fans are doing our bit. But really, do think the club just do need to do something like that to kick us to the next level. Hopefully, it'll come. I think uh, Dave's been speaking to Ian Blees about it, and it all seems really good. The the momentum, there's legs involved in this. Hopefully, so you will see all the next couple of weeks. We'll see how it all develops, uh, and hopefully, we'll be painting the town red um, for months and and years to come. Cool. Okay. Also, um. Talking about the news, um, Gaz Carter and Martin Sadler, Parker uh, writing about the uh, potential name change. It's great that obviously the, the mainstream media are, are picking up on this, um, on that potential name change and having their opinion.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, all, all the support we can get for, I, 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 well, as it takes to say, with this sort of campaign for us to, to keep our name and, you know, the, the right of who we are. And um, it, it, it is great that individuals, maybe on the outside, are getting involved. I mean, Mark Sellers a very much respected uh, rugby league journalist, and he's been around the game a long time, and he understands what it means that this isn't this isn't America. You don't just pick teams up and move them. You don't change the name. It doesn't work most of the time in this country anyway. Um, but you know what they're saying. I mean, you know, Gary Carter again, another really good article today. There are differences, you know, and and we. In Manchester, you know, nothing against it, but I'm you know, I'm not a Man union anyway. And uh, you know, we are different people, we are you know, we've got different histories in our in our cities and where we're from. And, and they've got that point, Gary got it, got that point across really, really well. I thought, and like I say, Martin sort of backing it as well, he, he understands, and uh, you know, more than merrier for me.
0: Yeah, also, oh, we're also getting anonymous letters, aren't we, Paul? You know, from fans, you know, airing their concern?
1: It's not anonymous. I know it is, but I won't tell you it is. And I'll I'll read this out to you because it it touched uh, a nerve with me anyway. This and it's very heartfelt. So, uh, like I said, it's not my letter, it's what someone's given to me. So, I'll, I'll do my best to read it in my best voice. Dear Martin, I would like to thank you for your main feature in the column headed Salford Forever in this week's edition of the League Express. It captured precisely the thoughts of every self respecting seasoned supporter of Salford RLFC. At a time when we are having our best season for 37 years, our owner has decided to put a change of name on the agenda due to to its inability to market the club and command reasonable attendance figures. Despite our average gates being much improved on the previous, an easy option with no evidence whatsoever that the name Manchester with no significant history or interest in our game will bring more people to our ground situated 4.6 miles from our home for 110 years and to which public transport links are terrible. In fact, I can guarantee a name change will have the opposite effects and the majority of Salford Regulars will stop going immediately. Although we do not measure in our tens of thousands, we have an extremely passionate, knowledgeable and loyal group of followers and we are absolutely horrified that our temporary custodian contemplating disregarding 144 years of history. At the beginning of the season, we appointed our sixth chief executive in as many years and Ian Blee's appears to be the first of them who has any idea how to run a rugby league club. However, he is working on a shoestring budget with the minimal staffing levels, and marketing is confirmed to a coveted via social media. I spoke to Mr Kukash at length last week on the subject of rebranding. I explained to him that after 37 years of mediocrity, at best, it will take time to generate a few extra thousand new or returning supporters. I left by telling him that if he chooses to go down the same route he would have a fight on his hands, and I call upon all supporters of Salford RLSC and supporters of other clubs to join us in our quest to preserve the great name of Salford in professional rugby league.
0: So, that was an opinion of a supporter, a letter they'd sent to uh, Martin Sadler, um, and obviously a lot of Salford fans, uh, you know, are quite upset about the, what's going on at the moment, and uh, you know, it's uh, a letter down for everyone to uh, to read and digest. Uh, just uh, absolutely
2: phenomenal. Just... It, it just said everything that you know I, I've thought and want to say myself. It, that, that's I don't know you know whoever's come up with this brilliant and uh, you know thank you for it and all the message gets across.
0: Uh, next bit of news: uh, club have brought out um, a little sort of blog about talking about the Challenge Cup, uh, Parky, with the uh, with the game on on Friday. You know it's great. Obviously the club trying to generate the atmosphere, trying trying to generate a bit of excitement for the game with this.
2: What, uh, this uh, blog. Oh, I mean, absolutely anything you can do to, to you know whip up uh, spirits, especially when it comes to the Challenge Cup. You know, memories of uh, you know wins and losses, I suppose, and, and how, how dramatic it is. You know, it is when it takes all. It's a one-off game. It needs building up, and we need to we need to remember that you know we've not had the greatest success in the cup as such, and certainly not in the last I don't know 40, 50 years. But um, you know, we've had a couple of semi-finals, well, three that I can think of in my lifetime. And, um, you know, we've had some great moments in the cup, obviously the weekend game being top of the pile, but it's always good to look back at the cup. It's, I, I mean, I love it. I'm biased. I absolutely adore the Challenge Cup, and I think everything that it means to the sport, you know, it, it, it's our big showpiece for me, never mind the grand final or anything like that. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's good to see the club. have sort of embraced it a little bit there, and the... Uh, you know, it could go deeper. You know, but
0: let's see. We get through this for the next round. We might, they might step it up again. Yeah, I suppose looking at reading the blog, though, they kind of, Paul, they kind of don't mention the the two Challenge Cup semi-final defeats in the in the late nineties. We we need to kind. Of, oh, we don't don't like to talk about the Sheffield defeat because it upsets a lot of Super fans. But you, you can't. I don't think you can sandblast that out of history. You know, it's part of our you know heritage, part of our history. And I, I think the club kind of like keep missing a trick by not mentioning it.
1: Yeah, but just going back to that, the 97 semi-final, you know, losing to St. Helens, I know it was a, it was a big scoreline against us, but if you actually look back at that cup run, that was a great cup run, you know, winning at Castleford. We just got promoted, we were a first division side of the year before we come to Super League, first game of the season, away to Cast, tough draw that. We went there and Amadou beat Paris at home the next round, then we stuffed Warrington at Wilderspool in the quarters, so that was a great cup run. Obviously St. Helens were probably one of the best sides in the in the country at the time, were they, in the mid-90s, some of the star players they had, and... They were better than us on the day, but that was another good cup run, another good time. And The, the, the 98 cup run, again, we beat some decent sides in that run to get to the semi-final. But I think the year after we got to the quarters as well, in 99, I think we lost at Cass, if the memory serves me right. So we have had some, some good cup runs, and we've had a lot of heartbreak in the cup as well. I think the year after 2000, when Alan Hunt scored at Salford in the yeah. ninth minute of injury time, there's been loads, out there, but there's been some good wins as well. But there's probably been a lot more heartbreaks than there has been. Win, I, think, anyway. I think, you know, like you say about the
2: Sheffield one, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm still in counselling for that, really. I shouldn't, shouldn't talk about it. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's horrible. The two the two others that, we, you know, that I was thinking of, the, the Wigan one at Burnham Park, you know, when, Wigan were probably the greatest team on the planet at the time. You know, to, just to get to the semi-final, to be on that pitch with them at that point, and then the other one that Paul was so to the time, again, at that time, they, they were probably... One of the best, not just in this country, but probably in the world at the time with the players they had. You know, and we come stuff. The Sheffield ones completely different; it's a different beast. But you've got to remember them disappointment. You know, and they're the things that should spur us on and say this isn't going to happen again. That was Salford, not anymore. You know, this is this is going to be different. Uh, and I say that you know, hopefully getting through Friday night's tie. But we we have had some some good good fun in, in the cup. We've had some disasters, absolute shockers, but. It's just it is that winner takes all thing, and, and that that really
0: excites me. And it should excite more people. Let's talk, let's let's counsel ourselves about that, about it being a great cup run, and we had a, had a good period of the, of the the club in that time, um, and we had a good run in the cup. And let's not, let's, I just don't think we should. Talk, I think we should talk about it, not ignore it totally. In the day, that's what I think, anyway. Uh, so, uh, next bit of news: Night levels and Robbie Louis have been. Uh, picked in the team of the week Paul uh, For the Super League It's been a, a good show Good weekend for them too
1: Yeah it certainly has And as we said before Niles You know he's been Disappointed hasn't he not, not being in this, this side This season But the, the two games the last two weeks He's, he's looked sensational Haven't he The attack and defence His he support play And the way he played On Friday night I thought he was, he was Spot on Robert Louis Another one Since, since Todd Carney Has come to the club Robert Louis he's Game has improved 100%. He looks, like Parky said before, he looks unstoppable. Every time he gets the ball, you don't know what he's going to do with it. He's He looks magic at the moment, and um, and yeah, they fully deserve them, too, lads.
0: Yeah, um, there's a new merchandise um, sort of Facebook page out as well, Parky. Uh, the Red Devils, is it a peel? A Apparel? Apparel, sorry. You know, Apparel, generates yeah. some good uh, gear there, I think, for fans. Um, you know, it looks pretty smart, doesn't it?
2: Fantastic, and it just shows what what can be done with a little bit of effort, a little bit of heart. These are these are guys that have full time jobs that have decided, you know, that they want they want to promote the club in you know in some way. And I'm getting this gear out I and mean, I've looked at I looked at the website, I looked at some of the gear they've got, and it's fantastic, it really is some really good stuff. And yeah, you know, I I, hope, I wish them all the best with it. And this is what we need; it gets the message out to people. Someone will see you walking down the street with a. Maybe a polo shirt on with, you know, the Red Devils, you know, salted on it. And they go, oh, that's, that's you know, that's quite smart. I'm or at least even if they've seen it, they know about it. They know what it's about. They know who you are. Free advertising, man. Eh? I think these lads deserve a lot of credit. And I might say the gear they do, it looks really
0: good. Yeah. So, obviously, keep your eye on Facebook and Twitter for that. Um, and, hopefully, we'll all be, you know, uh, geared up in that. I think it's a missed opportunity, though, Paul, for, for the club. You know I mean? We're there, you know, wanting some good game and, you know they uh, they've, they've nipped in, haven't they, and uh, stole the thunder a bit. You
1: yeah, know, well, I think somebody had to Rob I don't know. I, I've seen him this week on the on the Facebook site, and I think they look fantastic. The, the stuff, and it's he to me, it's about being proud of the Salford RLFC name, is it? And I don't know. It, my opinion at the moment is that our club seems to be wanting to move away from that with with what he's been know what has been the rumours are at the moment and I think somebody needs to come out and, and tell them that's who we are and we need to shout that name from the rooftops and I'll definitely be getting to an empty future because I think they look fantastic
0: OK, so that was all the big news coming out of South Red Devils and what we'll do now we'll uh, look what the amateur size did this week with Paul
1: Right, I shall start this week's amateur report with the National Conference League. Rochdale Mayfield came up with a good win. Away from home on Saturday, they beat Skirlaw by 24 points to 12. That was in the Premier Division. And a big shout out and a big congratulations to Salford City Roosters, who got their first win of the season. You know, they lost the first seven. They got a result on, uh, on Saturday. They beat Drillington by 26 points to 22 in Division 2. The Roosters recovered from 18 16 down with tries in the final quarter. Uh, from Christian Higgins and Mark Jones and Mike Carney landing his third goal. Joe Connor, Adam Tahut and Paul Morgan got Salford's first half touchdown. So a great win there, 26 points to 22. In Division 3, Oldham St. Anne's beat Stanley Rangers. They won away from home by 26 points to 18. And Waterhead Warriors, they picked up a result as well. They beat Barrow Island at home by 44 points to 24. The fixtures for this Saturday, the 13th of May. Premier Division, Rochdale Mayfield play Egremont Rangers. Division 2, Saddleworth Rangers play Salford City Roosters. And in Division 3, Oldham St. Anne's take on the Dewsbury Moor Maroons. Right, moving on to the Northwest Men's League, there was one result on Friday night, the fifth of May, that was in Division Two: Rochdale Mayfield A fourteen, Manchester Rangers six. The rest of the games were played on Saturday, and um, we've got no result for the Folly Lane game between Pilkins Rex A and Folly Lane. That was in Division One. In Division Two, Witness Tigers. 36, Berry Broncos 32, in Division 3, Chester Gladiators 10, Rochdale Cobras 26, Fitton Hill Bulldogs and Wigan St. Cuthbert's was no result. Oldham St Anne's a 52, Wigan Bulldogs nil. In Division 4, Kulcheff Eagles 30, Runcorn, 12, Langworthy Reds 20, West Horton Lions 16, and Woolston Rovers A 32, Little Hulton Reds 30. In Division 5, there was just one game in Division 5, that was Saddleworth Rangers A 50. Bolton Mets 10, and in the entry division, Littleborough 48, Charlie, Panthers 36. The fixtures for this week is Cup Action this week in the North West Men's League. We'll start with the North West League Cup, and that is on Saturday the 13th of May. It's West Bank Bears against Folly Lane. In the North West Trophy, it is Rochdale Cobras against Leyland Warriors. Wigan St. Jude's against Rochdale Mayfield A. And Bank Key Bulls against Manchester Rangers. Oldham St. Anne's A play the Berry Broncos. And Widness Tigers play the Fitton Hill Bulldogs. In the North West Shield is the Clockface Miners A against Bolton Mets. Leyland Warriors A against Cadizard Rhinos. West Hart and Lions versus Oral St. James A. Manchester Rangers A against Kulcheff Eagles. Little Hulton Reds versus Blackbrook A. And the Berry Broncos A against Langworthy Reds. Just a bit more news regarding the Caddy's Rhinos, you know Caddy's local side to us, you, you see a lot of their representatives, a lot of their supporters and people involved there at the Salford, uh, Salford Red Devils game, well they're trying to raise some vital funds and they're doing a walk from the AJ Bell Stadium to the HJ Stadium in Warrington, that's for our Salford Red Devils game on Monday the 29th of May, it's a bank holiday Monday so they're walking from Salford's ground to Warrington's ground. And uh, you can feel free to join in there. They've also got an event page and you can access that through Facebook. So, you know, join in with that. They're trying to raise some vital cash. They're a, they're a vital local side for us. And, uh, you know, if you can get involved with that, do your best to get involved. Thank you. And finally this week, we'll turn our attentions to the North West Youth League. I'll start with the results from this Sunday just gone. In the under-18s in the Premier Division, it was Wigan St. Jude's 34, Thaddeau 38, Oldham St. Anne's 28, Blackbrook 30. In Division One of the Under 18s, Waterhead 50, Saddleworth 10. In the Under Seventeens Premier Division, great win for Folly Lane. The Under 17s of Folly beat Wigan Springview by 38 points to four. In Division One of the Under-16s, Oldham St Anne's 14, Caddizhead 12, Saddleworth 18, Blackbrook Blues nil, Waterhead 18, Wigan St. Cuthbert's nil. In Division 2 of the Under-16s, it was Rochdale 26, South Trafford 52. The fixtures for this week are as follows. These games will be played on Sunday, the 14th of May. In the under-18s, Premier Division, it's Lee Miners versus Oldham St. Anne's. Division 1, Saddleworth play Woolston, Wathead play Charlie. In the under 17s, Premier Division, Accrington play Folly Lane and Telford play the Salford City Roosters. In the under 16s, Division 1, Blackbrook Blues play Waterhead, Caddieshead play Saddleworth and Dalton play Oldham. And finally, in Division 2 of the under 16s, South Trafford play Folly Lane and Thato Heath Shields play Rochdale. Well, that is all the amateur news I've got for you this week. Don't forget Salford play Hulk Air this Friday, 8 o'clock kickoff, massive game in the Challenge Cup. I'll see you there.
0: Cheers for that, Paul. And now, what we'll do? We will look forward to the Challenge Cup game against Hulkia on Friday. It's time for the devil of the So, Salford so Red Devils take on Hull Rovers in the Challenge Cup on Friday night at the AJ Bell Stadium. Paul, it's going to be a great, great contest.
1: It certainly is. Yeah, I mean, you've got the Tim Sheens factor. I mean, he's going to be, uh, be coming back to Salford, and they're riding high, aren't they? In the in the championship, they're looking pretty good. I mean, I actually backed uh, Batley to beat them this week, and uh, they went and proved me wrong. I think they put sixty-eight points past Batley on their own ground. So, so yeah, it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be a really tough game. I think you know it's a challenge. You the All you want to do is make sure you are up for the next round. So I couldn't care less whether we win by twenty points or one point. As long as we get that result. On, on Friday night,
0: that's the main thing. Yeah, the Hawkins Hulk, are over with the four guys, weren't they parking our million-pound miracle? Uh, you know, they'll be they'll be chomping at the bit to, to get a bit of revenge uh, on Friday.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you knew how long this was going to happen. You know, I actually thought we'd get them away um, again, and, you know, it was their chance for, a, for revenge. This is a massive, massive game. This, this is huge in our season, and theirs. You know, they're coming on with, with the conference and a fully fit squad. Even the you know the Lions did him a favour the weekend, didn't they? And uh, so they got a bit of breathing space in the league, so they can concentrate on this game. And uh, he's, he's got to be a massive, massive toss on. You know they'll be well up for it.
0: We've got to be switched on from the start because uh, we don't want to do what we did against Toronto and go
2: behind to a couple of tries because it won't be uh, will be anywhere near as easy to come back. Yeah. These, yeah. These coming down here to win, like say Tim Sheen, he knows the players, he knows our players, he probably knows a lot of our moves. You know. And, it is massive, and I think it will have a big effect on on both teams' seasons, win or lose.
0: Yeah, I think obviously, in has been on uh, the uh, the club's Facebook page uh, asking for calm. Obviously, the the emotional roller coaster ride of the million pound miracle, Paul. Um, you know, fans. You know, we enjoyed that moment, but this is a new game altogether, really, and we've got to be fully focused on uh, getting a result. Yeah, that's
1: been gone man, now. Rob, hasn't it? that was last season. Uh... You no, know, look how far we've come as a club since then, we've won nine league games since then and knocked Toronto out of the, the cup as well. So, um, so yeah, th- that that's all gone, the million pound game now and, you know, all guys beat us plenty of times in the Challenge Cup. Your dad was telling me about 1981, <laughs> the other day when he hammered us at the Old Craven Park ground and I remember us, we we'll all remember all of them, beating us at um, the Willows in 2011, that last season there, they hammered us 25 nil. so... There's, a, there's a, been a lot of games in the past, don't there? So I don't think you can keep going about the million-pound game now. That's gone, and uh, you know it's the cup, cup football, and it's, it's knockout, and it's all on the day on Friday,
0: right? Yeah, the fans parky been out uh, fly posting the the city, and you know hoping for a for big crowd turn up against Oakiar on Friday. Yeah, uh, bit of a shame it's
2: not a Sunday. I'll be honest with you. I'm bit, you know, obviously we're on the telly as well, which is another slight drawback for us, but. Um, this is what I was saying earlier on about, you know, the Challenge Cup, and it should, it should inspire people. It really should, you know. This is it's one game every week. You've just, you've got to win that game. There is no next week. There is no, you know, replay. You've got to just go out and win it. Um, and it, it's a massive, massive game. And I hope people come and, and watch this this team. I mean, we've just been wigging away. If you can't, if you can't get behind the team, you know. When when they're playing like that, in a game as big as this could be, I, I, I don't know. I think just you know people need to just get of the bums a little bit and, and come down and watch this on Friday.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a big game, Paul. You know, All Kings has got a good you know squad there. Got some good talent who we who should be looking out for.
1: Yeah, there's quite a few names in that All side. You know, dangerous players: Morris Blair, Jamie Ellis, the halfbacks. But the, particularly the, the young players well, well, Andrew Heffernan and Ryan Shaw, they were sort of uh, blossoming in the side last season. So they've got a bit of pace in there as well and obviously coached by, uh, by Tim Sheens. They're, they're not going to be, be, be mugs on, on Friday. I am expecting a really, really tough game. I mean, just go back to the Toronto game. They're in the league below local okay, and probably at about the a similar sort of standard, I would say, as, as Hawkinson Rovers. So it's going to be another, another tough game.
0: Yeah, obviously Tim Sheen's coming back, Parker. You know, Hawkins and Rovers suffering the million-pound miracle. You know, it's, it's pressure for them, is it, basically? They, they've got to look at us as trying to knock us off the, the, the top. Do you think they'll obviously target us rather than obviously look forward, um, you know, to possible promotion? you think they'll put all the legs in one basket by hopefully turning us over? I think... I don't think they'll,
2: they'll switch. I don't... I, the, the thing is, from at the moment in the league, we've got this four-point cushion as well, over to lose now. Um... And they're gonna be in this they are gonna be at the top of the table at the end of the year. I don't think anybody would doubt that. And they're gonna be, you know, playing against what could be Widnes and Lee and, and Huddersfield and there's one big thing that, that they've got and, and Lee had it last year is momentum. You know, and you go into these games confident, doesn't matter who you're playing. When we beat Wigan in the cup, uh, you know, we, we were we were a, a first division team at the time, they were, you know, or oh, second division as it was. You know, but we went into that game with confidence and played against the, the best team in rugby league and beat them. Any team can do that with momentum. We've got a lot of players that've got a lot to prove. The club itself will want to prove a point. Um, Tim Sheens will want to prove a point. Uh, it's, it's a very, very tricky tie. There's a lot in their favour, um, and we just, we just can't take them lightly. We can't switch off for a minute. Uh, I, like I said, I just think it's going to be, it's going to be massive, and there's so many players that can turn a game. Um, if we're switched on and we're playing the, the, the type of rugby and the style that we've been playing in the Super League beating Wigan beating Saints beating Cass Warrington you know we we, we, we should win I'm not going to you know I'm not going to back down from that but one, one sort of chinking your armour and
0: uh, you're out of the cup and, and sulking for the next few weeks yeah I suppose it's, it's all about you know keeping the momentum going keeping the confidence going Paul um, and you know, beating Okiar would would be a would be a step towards that.
1: Yeah, it would. And one other thing, though, you've got to mention is Oakier are probably coming with sort of a limited amount of pressure on them. The pressure's going to be on Salford. You know, we went to Wigan, and maybe the pressure was on us a bit because we're going to injuries. But the pressure was on Wigan because we we're the home side. We we were the underdogs. They're not won there for 20 years. But that the boots going to be under the foot this Friday. are in the league below us. Nobody really expects them to to win. Really, their supporters are probably thinking, you know. We've got a chance, but the pressure's on. Salford, don't they? Riding ninth third in the table, they've won nine league games, and um, it's how it's about how we deal with that with that pressure this week now.
0: Yeah, I suppose it's all like I said, Parky. It's pressure, and players dealing with that. Obviously, like Paul said, you go into Wigan, different kind of pressure. But Challenge Cup, the fans have that expectancy, don't they? And that might add a little bit more pressure onto the players' shoulders. Oh, absolutely,
2: and and the pressure is on players. To start with, they, they they all want to go to Wembley. They all want to play at Wembley. Every, you know, especially the overseas players as well. I mean, it means a lot to them. But you know, the, the pressure is there. We want to get into the hat for the next round, but we want to keep this momentum going that we've got. And there is a lot of pressure, and the pressure I, I do believe is on us. Um, they they're coming here, like I say, they they're comfortable in the league. They they're going to be up there anyway, and they're going to be a threat in that you know, in that mid legs or whatever. I really believe that um, because of the momentum they're going kind to of have. But they have got a lot of good players. And uh, it is a high pressure game. Yeah, this is where these mistakes and, you know, just this little bit of pressure could break a player. And, you know, like you say, you're out of the cup if it all goes wrong.
0: Yeah, hopefully that won't happen, Parkey. And I suppose, Paul, it's all about building, winning this and keeping that momentum going.
1: Yeah, certainly is because you know the week after this we've got a, a big game at the at the Magic Weekend against Leic, which is you know it's another winnable game, isn't it? I mean, I suppose we've got to approach every game as that now, but that Magic Weekend sometimes can throw up strange results. I think you know sometimes the underdog can win there. It's all on the on the day there. You know, big stadium, that sort of carnival atmosphere does throw up the strange strange scores. So, like what I'll keep saying, you've just got to keep taking each week as it comes get Ulkar out of the way we beat Ulkar on Friday night lads we're in the quarter finals with the Challenge Cup the last eight I mean on Thursday night Featherstone Rovers play Halifax. you could get one of them in the quarter finals at all. so you don't know Dave do let's just get past okay and then just, let's, just, let's just get in that draw for the quarters yep
0: yeah, it's all about you know building and hopefully dreaming Parker because obviously you know Challenge Cup dreams are there uh, for everybody and you know it could be our year it could be the moment a dreams turn to reality
2: well, I've been thinking that all my life and, and praying for it to be our year. Um, listen, just, just to get to Wembley, would be a massive thing for the club. It's been a very, very long time between drinks, hasn't it? Um, and even longer since we won it. You know, you'd, you'd have to be a, of a fairly uh, decent fit when the Challenge Cup. Um, and, you know, not not so young to see us at Wembley. Um, it, it, you know, the, like I say, the, the tournament itself gets me, but there, there's nothing I'd love more, you know, that, it's fantastic. We're running. We're having the league, great. We got to Old Trafford. Unbelievable. But to get to Wembley, that's you know, that's the dream. That's 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 the pinnacle for me. And uh, I'm sure for many of the players. And this is why it excites
1: me so much.
0: Cool. Give us your score prediction, Paul. I backtracked on mine today, but did I'm
1: you? gonna go back to it now.
0: Oh why? Wow. I I mean, wait I a minute. Just wait a minute. Wait a minute. How come we backtrack? Did we? do we have like a moment?
1: <coughs> no. I helped. I one of your mates out on the podcast, and he asked me um, what you were going to go for. And because there was like a Saints fan on there, and a Warrington fan, and a Cast fan, I sort of panicked, having to really go with my prediction. I better be a bit more conservative, so I was. <laughs> but no, now I've got myself and mates with me again. I'm going to be bold again and go, go with me. Do you know what? So i have going to go 32-12 to
0: something. 32-12. Just to fill all our listeners in, Paul was a guest on the uh, By the Minute Rugby League podcast. Um, we're going to put it out there. Um, talking to other fans from other clubs, Paul was it? It's good. It sounds like it was a good show. Yeah, it
1: was. It was interesting to get the opinions of other other supporters. Like I was saying at the party before, I was talking to a St. Ellen supporter and a Warrington supporter, and they was going on about the cup and they have sort of different attitudes to what we have. They sort of dismissed the cup and you know we've been to Wembley so many times and all that. And you know for, for us guys, I mean, it's something you dream of in it. In every, I, I don't know. I think a lot of these teams have been spoiled and. Whereas we've, have, we haven't. We've been successful, really, haven't we? And we'll, we'll sort of grasp anything, anything we can, and it, it means that much to us. So it was it was nice to speak to them and nice to get their opinions. But you know, um, it's uh, different fans. You know, they look at things differently. I think.
0: Yeah, I suppose that was one of the questions, wasn't it, Par, uh, Parky, in the in the questionnaire? You know, why are we different to to other rugby league fans? And f- for me, we're more of a football crowd than a rugby crowd. And I suppose Paul's just summed it up there, hasn't he?
2: There is a very different um, sort of attitude with, with with our you know our fans, and you know I don't mean that in a bad way. I think the, the passion is is unreal and the the hunger, but it, a lot of it stems from the fact that we like Paul said we've been so starved and success You know, uh, forty years for you know for, for a trophy or you know a decent trophy is a, a very very long time, and we we need I think we need it more because during that that period of these. Years, yeah, we've had little spells out of the top league, but generally we've been in the top league but not competing. You know, and other teams have had their moments. I mean, how many teams have been to Wembley in the last, you know, or to the Cup final in the last 10 years? You know, like Huddersfield and, and Cass and Catalan and going back to Sheffield and all these teams have made it and we've not, you know, and it's the same in the league and it does create a different, a different family and where you're from as well. You know, growing up in, in a city like, like Salford, compared to, you know, maybe a small town somewhere or, or whatever, it does give you a different attitude
0: and a different outlook. Yeah, I was like, like I say we're all really passionate about it and park parking, and, you know, hopefully good things will come. We'll uh, beat OK on Friday and uh, we'll continue our march to uh, the Challenge Cup. Give us your um, score prediction for the game. Um oh I haven't
2: even thought about this, you caught me now. Oh. Um I think if if we're switched on, it will be tough anyway because they'll they'll give everything for for the full eighty. They'll be they'll be fit and ready to go. But uh, I'll go I'll go twenty six ten to to the the Devils
0: twenty six ten to Salford. Get me get me bingo machine out. Are you ready? Salford ten.
2: Okay, that's a bad start.
0: Oh dear, I've Oh, I'll put that one back. OKR <laughs> <laughs> for 4 Salford through. Right. Tense game, but the nerves will, will see us through after our winning I'll habit. For that right now. Yeah, so yeah, 10-4, I'll take ten four right
1: now, mate.
0: Ten four Salford and we'll through through in, through the next round in the hat for the quarterfinals. So that's the end of this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. Paul's been a quite an emotional show. Yeah, it has been an emotional show.
1: Um one of the things I was gonna ask you before and I forgot all about it to be honest, there was a question on that survey and it asked for three words I think to describe how how had made you feel, I think was one of the questions. And yeah. I was gonna ask you two guys what, what words you use. I can't remember what words I use now, but what did you guys use? I've wrote three down here, I think they're the three that I used. But what 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 did you guys use?
0: I went with family, together and pride. What about you, Parker?
2: Yeah, uh, I think I went with um, passion or passionate. You know, it makes feel very passionate. Pride. Um, and again, I think I think love or family comes to mind. It was it was a very intense uh, hour of, of studying. To be honest with you, uh, and it's completely gone. But as I said earlier on, when someone asks you what what that club means to you, what this, uh, he's j- he just there. He's a constant. He's he's like my family. I don't have to think about it in any way, you know. You take my family away, what? What would you do? You know, it's it's that. That's how it is. That's how it makes me feel. It gets you inside, and sometimes there aren't words to describe how something makes you feel.
0: Yeah, big thanks for coming on this week's uh, Devil in the Detail, Parker. You know, you've been a great uh, co-presenter. Oh, well, thank you very much.
2: And uh, yeah, anytime. Absolutely love it. Talk. I'll
0: talk uh, the Cool. So thanks for listening to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I've been Rob Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter, at D-I-T-D-S-R-D. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and WhitelineFeverRadio.com. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.